Welcome to the Live Your Best Life Barefoot Podcast with your hosts, Mary Morriston and the team at Barefoot Bungalow Realty. Good morning and welcome to Live Your Best Life Barefoot Podcast. Today, I'm here with Mary and I'm Ruth. Good morning, Ruth. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Doing really good. I'm excited about our market update this week. We, I am too. I know. We actually have a first time buyer who is under contract. Yay! In this market, that is a unicorn. These uh, first-time home buyers are really having a challenge with winning all the bidding wars. Um, so we had some tricks up our sleeve, and we used those, and we were able to win the bidding war. So we're very, very excited for very. our client. And um, cute home, perfect for him. It had it fit everything that he needs. So if that's our market update. If you are looking and you're feeling discouraged, don't. Don't. We we Sounds can make, out there. Yeah, we can make it happen. The perfect house is out there. So we're excited, and um, we are also excited this morning for our guest. Uh, we have Amy Hyam here with us, and she is from Operation Underground. Welcome, Amy. Hello. Good morning. How are you guys? Really good. Great. How are you? I'm good. Good. Glad to be here. So tell us a little bit about what you do with Operation Under. I know you do a lot of things. I know Amy personally, and I know she does a lot of things. But today, what do, tell us about what you do for Operation Underground. All right. Well, to start off, I want to be clear that I am just a volunteer with Operation Underground Railroad. Um, I don't work for them. I am not, you know, affiliated with them. So I don't want people to misinterpret misinterpret that. Um, but so so basically, what I am is an abolitionist um, for Operation Underground Railroad, and an abolitionist for slavery. And that's how um, Operation Underground refers to the people who volunteer with them. Um, <clears throat> and so I am, all I'm doing is what I can to end modern day slavery. And that is basically kind of where the name came from, um, is from the idea of being coming in abolitionist for slavery and the slavery is human trafficking. And so I can kind of give you a little bit of background of how Operation Underground Railroad started, if you'd like. Yes, yes I, I would love, uh, I, you've talked to me about this and that's part of what I think is so important is we're pretty blind to how um, drastic this is in our, um, in our world still today. I, I was naive to it. So I think it's huge what you're doing and your willingness to bring light to it. So yes, please tell us a little bit about Operation Underground. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it is, it's a little, we kind of feel like we live in a little bit of a bubble or figuring mm -hmm. everything's good and, you know, sex, slavery, human tra trafficking is, you know, just really the dark corners um, and in places that, you know, aren't the modern day world or it's just by choice um, and those kind of things. And it really isn't. Um, I would say several years ago, I think I remember my brother um, supporting this 
uh, this organization for this cause. And he just kind of mentioned it. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's a great cause. Um, but didn't think a whole lot about it at the time. And several years ago here in Florida, I went to a conference and uh, this man, Tim Ballard, was speaking at this conference. And I was like, and it just, oh, yes, I remember hearing about this. So he started telling the story of how he got it or how he started this organization. And so Tim Ballard was working for the CIA and he spent, you know, many years working for the CIA and about 10 years of the time that he worked for them. He was working combating sex trafficking on the Southern border of the U S and um, doing all that they could through government um, to, you know, stop sex trafficking and try to, um, you know, help, those that they could. And, you know, I think he started recognizing that there was so much red tape and bureaucracy and it just made it difficult to actually rescue and help people. Um, if it was outside their jurisdiction, outside the, um, our government. And so his, it just, he decided, well, I guess what it goes back to is he was still working for the CIA and he read an article um, in the newspaper about this um, little boy named Gardy um, out of Haiti. And this little boy was in church with his family. He's three years old. Um, his dad had been holding him, sends him off, go find your mom. Uh, 10 minutes later, mom comes to the dad, says, where's Gardy? And the dad said, he's gone. I, I, I don't know, I sent him to you. Uh, you know, parents' worst nightmare. And this is this is in um, Port-au-Prince, Haiti, um, and I'm not even sure. Maybe six to eight years ago, I think, is when this when this happened. And mm-hmm. you know, they just heart drop and they look for him. They can't find mm-hmm. him. Yeah, so they go to the police, and the police say, "Give it two hours. If uh, if he's been kidnapped." you'll probably get a ransom phone call. And they, and he did, he got a phone call. Um, and they were, I mean, it's a long story, which is a fantastic story. So you can go online and, um, and read detail about this uh, family and, and what happened. But um, anyway, they wanted to ransom. They assumed that this, this father had money because he ran an orphanage and got a big donation. So the, the and this person who kidnapped this little boy, Gardy, um, worked for the dad. Um, it was a family friend. And so this little boy knew that, or the little boy was comfortable around this person who kidnapped him. And so they were asking for, you know, $500,000, you know, just a lot, a lot of money. And they couldn't, couldn't get it to him. I think initially they were asking for less and they said, bring the money here and we'll give you your boy. That never happened. And, you know, days turned into weeks. Um, and so anyway, somehow this this article ended up in um, the newspaper and Tim Ballard read it. And he said he just, you know, and he'd been working with sex trafficking. Um, and so it wasn't new to him, but it just wouldn't leave him. And he thought, I, you know, I need to help this father. And the father said he would just, he could never sleep. So he would just walk the dirtiest, darkest places of the city, just looking for his little boy, hoping he could hear him call out. And so 
Tim Ballard, <clears throat> excuse me, he, I think he flew the father, um, you know, into the U.S. to talk to him about it, see how he could help him. And then Tim Ballard got a team, went down to Haiti, um, and that's where he quickly figured out that, he, that we had no jurisdiction in Haiti. This, this little boy was actually born in the U.S., um, and so he thought that because he was dual citizenship, he could help the U.S. Um, CIA could help them, but it ended up not being the case. And he quickly quit his CIA job and put together a drop team of his own and started Operation Underground Railroad through that, um, recognizing that he could do more good privately than, you know, through the government. So, you know, his ops team, you know, is perfect. Are there professionals? He was a professional, obviously. So um, they go in and they stage sting operations around the world. Um, they pose as buyers. So that's what he did for this father. Um, originally, he they found through, con you know, connections and talking and working, they found this um, lady who was working with the guy who kidnapped them kidnapped the little boy Gardy and um, they figured out that she had basically an org uh, an orphanage where um, she would have children and then sell them out the back door <laughs> and um, and the children are sold for sex trafficking labor traffic labor um, you know they'd be working on farms um, you know whatever the case is what these little kids, I mean, and obviously they're very little. Um, and I think it was within that next year is when Haiti had the, you know, really big earthquake. And so there were thousands and thousands of orphan children just left on the streets. And so people would bring these little children to this orphanage thinking, oh, this wonderful lady with a big smile will help them. And she'd graciously take them in and just send them right out the back door, you know. And so yeah. um, Tim Ballard and his team went into this lady uh, as a sting. They met her at a hotel. They had cash. They were, you know, pretending buyers. And, um, you know, they sat down. She said, all right, they're $10,000 each. I'll tell you exactly how to get them out of the country and how to do it so that the police don't get involved. You know, it was just a very, very evil, crooked mm. thing that happened. So anyway, they were able to rescue 28 children out of this orphanage. Um, wow. And through a lot of sadness and tears, um, little Gardy had already been sold and the father didn't get his child back. And so, I think Tim Ballard, this this uh, operation is what really, through working with this father who said, you know what, if I had to lose my son to rescue 28 children, it was it's worth it. Yeah. And it just really inspired Tim Ballard to, you know, look at the light that can come through, you know, helping other people. And so I think through that orphanage, Tim Ballard ended up adopting two children to add to his already six children that he had at home. And the father of little Gardy adopted eight of those children, wow. um, you know. And so Tim Ballard said, I'll, I'll never stop looking for your son. So he's still looking for Gardy, you know, eight years later, trying to help him find his son. But um, so that is how, and so 
the name OUR came from um, Tim Ballard just read everything he could possibly read about um, the Underground Railroad um, in the U.S., you know, that ha that was undergoing trying to help um, people out of slavery in the U.S. so many years ago. And so he just, um, you know, he read it with the look of, okay, with the idea of how did this work? How were they able to save so many people and not get caught? And what tactics did they use? And so he was looking at it in a very uh, logical way and reading every, you know, bit of information. And he thought, you know, this is what this still is. This is us trying to, you know, save people of every background and um, out of slavery. So that's where the name came from. And he's very passionate and so this organization is a um, it is a non it's a total non for profit um, organization. It's based solely on donations. That's how all of the funding happens. Um, the the one thing I really um love about this too is the attention after like it's one thing that's fabulous to go in and and rescue these children and and save them but he's catching the vision that that's not enough or else it'll just turn around and happen again yes um, yeah so i love that there's a another um aspect to this of what happens next can, yeah. can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so, I mean, they, it's interesting, you know, that they have gotten some criticism um, for their work because they, the criticism is, comes from, okay, yeah, you go in and you grab these kids and get them out of the situation and a lot of them go back into it or they have nowhere to go. And though that is true that, um, a lot because if you have a child who is taken from their home and put into you know sex trafficking and that's all they know that's how they exist that's how they you know survive um they get taken out of the situation they're very likely to be drug drug addicts um to have you know forced them you know into that situation it is likely but the Aftercare is what they call it, is a really big component of what they do. And so, you know, their first goal is to try to get these children back into their homes if they are safe, um, because most of the time the sex trafficking happens from family or friends. It's not just the, you know, um, person who randomly gets kidnapped off the street, like you might see in a movie, but um, it is a, you know, a uh, boyfriend, a grandmother, a, a friend of the family and neighbor who, um, who starts this. And so if they can find a safe place that they were, you know, taken from a safe place, then they'll get them back. If not, they, you know, get them in an orphanage if they can't find the home. Because a lot of kids are taken very young and they're gone so long they don't even remember what their name is or who their parents are. Uh, so they're put in orphanages. Another big thing is they really are working with adoption um, organizations to get these children adopted into safe homes. Um, and then they have 
um, yeah, these aftercare programs that work on addiction and um, just helping to reintroduce them to society and giving them skills that are helpful. And, you know, I've just over the last few months, um, I've had some amazing interactions with people that, um, that have just, I don't know, it's just been a, you know, kind of little blessings that, you know, how do, how do, how do I keep running into people like this that have connections with OUR? Um, because it's just something I'm, you know, trying to get into personally myself and I haven't done a ton of it yet, but I, you know, speaking of the after the aftercare, um, some friends of mine, um, I was at their home for a party and they had a friend there that, or, a, a not a friend, a family member that looked so familiar to me. And I, why does she look so familiar? And so I finally figured out that this this family member of my friend um, was a sister of a friend of mine from 15 years ago, and they look so much alike. And I start talking to her and figure that out. And then I find out that her and her husband have just moved here from California. They sold their home. He sold his um, business and have decided to run an aftercare orphanage in Haiti for OUR. And, um, and so, you know, it was, they have six children of their own, but he's going to, you know, go down and help get this orphanage into a better situation because the orphanage isn't, is struggling. Um, there's, you know, 50,000 children in Haiti without, without parents. But, um, so anyway, so I talked to them and, um, that was, you know, really interesting talking to them and having that connection. And then a month later, um, I took my children down to Fort Lauderdale um, to a demonstration. It was in July, in July of this year, they had, well, I think they try to do it every, every July, but OUR does rise up for children demonstrations around the world. So on that day, they just have people go out and do, you know, um, a demonstration, Awareness. Awareness. Yeah. And just trying to get people to, to know what's going on. So I decided I'm going to have my children. We're going to go do a demonstration, which I've never done before. Um, but we go down to Fort Lauderdale and lo and behold, there's the same couple with their family there at this, uh, this demonstration. And so we spent a couple hours just walking up and down the streets of Fort Lauderdale and, um, met some other really great people just trying to do some good and trying to put out um, awareness. And so that's part of it, the Palm Beach, Florida team. So they have different teams around um, the mm-hmm. U.S. And so that team over there in Fort or in Palm Beach area um, is a, just another volunteer team. And they have a team lead over there. Um, and so that's kind of what I'm working on is trying to become a team lead on this side um, of the state, just because it's a little bit of a distance to try to participate and help over there. And there's obviously a lot of good that can happen on this side of the state. So that's kind of something that I'm working on is um, application of becoming a team lead for the uh, west side of Florida. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, so I'm also trying to help. So it's a long story. This, this couple that wanted help with the orphanage, he decided he had military background. So he gave the orphanage control to his brother 
and sister I'm also friends with. So they're taking a lead with that. And um, this guy from California is now going to be helping with ops and actual, um, well, you know, rescue situations because he has, you know, that kind of background. So I'm helping with, um, or I'm starting to try to help this other couple friend of mine who are working on this orphanage down in Haiti for aftercare for where you are. Yes. Amy, I could talk to you about this all day. It's so um, fascinating to me. Uh, two things. How can people help you and help the um, Operation Underground? Where can they go to donate or volunteer or um, whatever would work for them? Yeah. So the, you know, it's, it's the easiest thing to do and it's the biggest thing that they need is just donating money. Um, cause like I said, it's 100% all from donations to, you know, um, fund each mission that they have or, you know, getting out there and doing it. So, um, depending on where you live, there are different ways of helping. I mean, OUR recently had a gala in, um, Utah, um, where they raised a lot of money there. Um, but you can go to oh, it's ourrescue.org, O-U-R-rescue.org. And if you just go to their website, you can um, donate directly through their website. There's uh, lots of links on information about what, what they do, much more details. And then um, how to volunteer. So if you want to volunteer and get involved, they've got um, information on there about how to get involved. And, you know, there's for teenagers, um, they have uh, students against trafficking and you can start a club in school and OUR will help you directly and do training and stuff for students to get their club started at school, um, which is something that um, my son Jackson was interested in doing. He hasn't done it yet. Uh, we'll see because I don't want to make it happen, but um, that's something that he was kind of interested in doing. But I say that's probably your best you're your best way of getting involved with this. Yeah. And, and then, oh, go ahead. And then do you have um, any recommendations for people um, as far as, first of all, it's good to bring up the awareness, but is there something, you know, with your kids, with your, obviously this is going to make us a little bit more aware, but mm -hmm. is there any specific, um, tips or information that you have that can help parents that are concerned about this? Um, I think, you know, for at least for my kids, it's one of those things where it's a little bit hard to talk about. And so, you know, I think just letting them know that they need to um, be cautious. They need to talk to you, be open about things. Um, I think when you look for sign, you know, if you go onto their website too, they can talk about signs to look for in sex trafficking, um, if it's someone you know. But I think just having open discussions and about, you know, being cautious about family members and friends and, um, you know, those kinds of things. And I know, you know, my kids got a little nervous when I started talking to them more about it. Um, and, but giving but them so a safe important. space but also yeah. being open, but being open about it so that they know 
about what's going on. And it made my kids want to do more. And, you know, we did a you know market where it grew a lot bigger than I was initially planning and we were able to raise money. And, you know, my kids were excited to be involved in that, knowing that they could do their part in, in helping because some yeah, you did a great job. Sometimes you yeah. feel so separated from the cause, but it's going on all around us. There's a quickly, there's a YouTube video um, that you can watch. There's actually a full length um, film that they put together. It's called Operation Toussaint. Um, you can go onto YouTube and, and Amazon and watch it, and it's quite um, eye opening and it is, you know, very much um, informative also. But it's it's a really great movie to watch. I think they had it in theaters actually. Wow. That is perfect. Well, I could talk to you all day about this. Thank you so much for coming on and helping us be more aware and um, getting the word out and for all you're doing truly. Um, the market was great and all of your efforts are amazing. So thank you so much. And um, again, you can check it out at rourrescue.org. And thank you for being with us at uh, Barefoot Bungalow Realty. And we look forward to seeing you next time. And as always, remember to live, live your, your best, best life barefoot. barefoot. Thank you for listening to the Live Your Best Life Barefoot podcast sponsored by Barefoot Bungalow Realty. To learn more about Barefoot Bungalow Realty, go to www.barefootbungalowrealty.com or call 239-350-5535.